you would open your Bible to Luke chapter 2 for our scripture reading. Now, this is so familiar, but I want to make reference to part of this in the, in the message in just a little bit. And it came to pass. Everything that God had decreed to, to happen when the fullness of time was come, it came to pass. When did it come to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world at that and that day should be taxed because they were under the rule of Rome. And the Lord told Jacob, when Jacob was speaking to Judah, he said, the scepter, they will not cease to be a kingdom until Shiloh comes. The first time in their history, they're without a king. They're without a government. They can only do what the Romans tell them to do. That all the world should be taxed, and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. And the reason is because he was of the house and the lineage of David. And it must come to pass that Christ must be born in Bethlehem. He was there to be taxed with Mary, his spouse's wife, great with child. You could say it was either taxed or it was like a census. The king wanted to know how many was in his kingdom. Especially, he would like to know how many was of the house of David. These men had a head knowledge of some things, and it probably, well, I want to know how many they are. So they all had to go, and so it was that while they were there, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and wrapped him in rags and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the end, and that still never changed. Men have no room for Christ. <clears throat> Verse 8. And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Someone said they were working the third shift, just out there at night like any other night, watching over the sheep. But this is not just any night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The angel was not sent to someone sitting upon the throne. It was not sent to Caesar Augustus. The angel was sent to these shepherds and this is the sign this shall be a sign unto you you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger and suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men 
And it came to pass as the angel was gone from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They didn't leave the sheep with anybody. They all went. Well, who took care of them? The Lord did. They were obedient, and they went with haste to see the Son of God, and he took care of all those sheep. And they came with haste, and they found Mary. They must have had to look. And Joseph and the babe lying in the manger, when they seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. They told other people. Wonder how many others believed. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. What does all this mean? But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Oh, that God may enable us to ponder certain things in our heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 2. Let's read verses 1 through 12. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, well, I can understand Herod at this time, he had been reigning here in Bethlehem for 35 years. He was a very ruthless, ungodly man. And he was, you imagine, he was their king. And behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these sayings, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he would gather all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. So he knew something about the Christ. They said, we come to worship the king. Well, he knew who they talking about. He says, uh, where's the Christ to be born? I mean, I know he's supposed to come, but I don't, I don't know where he's supposed to be born. What does the scripture say? And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And here's the quote. I think it's Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princesses of Judah. For out of thee, out of Judah, shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Whoever rules is the king. That's him. They said, that's talking about only one person, and that's Christ. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, he inquired of them diligently, what time, how long has it been since you've seen the star? I probably mention it again, but they saw the star in the east. They saw it maybe one time. They knew what it meant. They knew whose star that it was, and then that was it. It's not like the star led them to Jerusalem. 
They used what light God gave them, and they went to Jerusalem because they thought in their head that that's where the king would be, and when they get there, all they find is Herod. But you think about it. They only saw it one time. It was sent to these men one time, and Herod said, well, when did you see this star? How, how long has it been since you saw it? Because you know it took them a while to get ever how far it was in the east to Jerusalem. If he had privily called them and called the wise men, he inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem. And he said, go and search diligently for the young child. It's like they... It's like he thought they needed his command to do this. This is what they came to do. He said, you go, you go down and you search for him. Search diligently for the young child. Not a baby, a young child. And when you found him, does he have certainty that they will find him? Bring me word again that I may come and worship him. When they heard the king, they departed. Now watch verse 9. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Bethlehem is about nine miles south of Jerusalem. As soon as they leave Herod, there's the star. The, the scribes never said, how will you find him? How will you recognize him? You won't find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. How will you know where he's at? And suddenly the star appears. Can you imagine what they thought? Looky yonder. And this star can't be too high in the sky. It'd be like me seeing a, a star in the sky and I'd say, well, that's over Danny Belcher's house. <laughs> really? I mean, that's about what it would be like. I mean... They followed this star for nine miles, so it must be pretty close. And when it stops, it stops right over where he's at. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Until it came and stood over where the young child was, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And most people get the ideas, and we see all these pictures that because they was three gifts, they must have just been three magi. No, someone said they could have been several. They could have been like up to 14 or something, which it doesn't really matter. But when they were come... They presented these gifts, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. The king is born. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. After our Savior was born, as I read in Luke chapter 2, the only ones who took notice that he revealed himself to was the shepherds. 
And they told people, but we have no record that those that he told, that they told, ever came to worship him. And when he was eight days old, Simeon recognizes him. This is the child. This is the promised one. And then Anna knew him, recognized him, prophesied. What about everybody else? It's like for two years, nobody paid any attention. Nobody cared. Nobody had an interest to go try to find him. It's just like, his, imagine him coming to this earth and nobody cares. Herod, he could have went, but he didn't go. The scribes and Pharisees knew where he would be born, but they didn't go. Herod, if he wanted to, he could have sent his whole army to say, you go down there and find him and bring him to me. But he couldn't because God wouldn't let him. The hearts of a king are in the hands of the Lord, and like the rivers of water, he turns them whichever way he wants them to go. Apparently, no one believed the message of the shepherd or Simeon or Anna or Joseph or Mary. Nobody believed it. Does that not sound familiar? You tell people about Christ, and how many, how many believe? You know, the only ones who that will ever believe is those God gives the ability to believe. But here I want us to see, I know we've looked at this many times, but I pray the Lord would speak to us once again. Our Lord, as he revealed himself to those shepherds, they would have felt comfortable going in whatever place that it was where the animals were, where there was a, a food trough, a cradle, or a, the lady in a swaddling clothes, lady in a manger, whatever it was made out of, it doesn't matter. But they would have felt comfortable. These were probably black backward men. They were probably not real intelligent, and I'm not talking down on them. This is the people that God revealed himself to. First ones sent angels to tell them, and they came, and they, and they worshipped him. And he made himself known. Well, who's the next ones? He's going to reveal himself to these men from the east. These would have been Gentiles. These would not have been Jews. And God sent them a star. I think it was Matthew, Henry, or Spurgeon, or one said, the same glory that overshone the, the uh, shepherds was the same glory in that star that they saw. You know what these men did? They studied stars. They were astrologers. They were soothsayers. They were, they were what men would call wizards. These men? God's going to reveal himself to someone like this? They study stars, so what does God give them? A star. I looked it up. Most of y'all could probably name the planets in our galaxy. Where did they get their names? You ever thought about where did they get their names? All the planets, all the planets except Earth, were named after Greek and Roman gods and goddesses. Isn't that strange? Juniper, Saturn, Mars, Venus, Mercury were given their names thousands of years ago. The other planets were not discovered until later when we had telescopes that we could see them. 
And these men that are astrologers probably put faith in what they could see. You know, the, the Mayan Indians were big on astrology. They had, remember, they had talked about the Mayan calendar years ago? Oh, yeah. And God revealed himself to them. God sent them a star called Walter Groover. <laughs> you mean God's going to save these, these men? Yes, he is. Doesn't seem like anybody around Jerusalem is interest, interested in seeing the Son of God. So he makes himself known to these men. What does that mean? How am I to understand what that means? They understood. They understood. They were from the east. What does the scripture say? Give us some information about the east. Who were some of the people that lived in the east? Well, we know that Job was the richest man in the east. And if Job was in the east, Job, we know, would have told people about him that reigns and rules. He said, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, and now I've saw you. And everybody, everybody probably knew who Job was. Job. Then Abraham. You know, Abraham had Sarah, and they had Isaac. Now, when Sarah died, Abraham remarried. Her name was called Keturah. And uh, Genesis 25.1, and again, Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah. And I'm not going to try to read all the names, but in verse 5 of Genesis 25, and Abram gave all that he had to Isaac. It's all Isaac's. But unto the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had, Abram gave gifts, and he sent them away from Isaac. He sent them away. Where did he send them? He sent them eastward into the east country. Oh, these are... These are literally, of the flesh, children of Abraham who dwell in the east. Well, don't you see God has his elect scattered everywhere? Because how did these people ever find out anything about this star, anything about a king? How did they find this out? They did. These men who studied stars were sent a star. They said when they come, we didn't just see a star. We saw his star. And we're going to leave and we're going to go where we think he's at because that star has told us there's a king somewhere and we want to meet him. Reminds me of Bathsheba, who left from the south to come all the way to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Well, how did she ever hear? Somebody told her. Somebody told her. God sent them a star or they would have never have come to find him. How they knew, knew we don't know. But they knew this was his star. And it was a sign. It was a sign that a great king has been born. 
Do you know, most of you have heard of Balaam and probably read some of Balaam. You know, Balaam was a false prophet, but Balaam said some, he said a lot of truths. I've never preached to him because I still don't, I ain't got him figured out. Really, I just can't. Maybe the Lord will allow me to see it one day, but I, I just... But here's something he here's something that he said. Now listen, this is a, a false prophet. Numbers 24, 17. I shall see him. Now who's he talking about? I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not right now. There shall come a star out of Jacob. Now who would that happen to be? And a scepter shall come, shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. Oh, a star shall come out of Jacob. Sure enough, he did. Sure enough. It says in Revelation 22, 16, I'm the root and offspring of David, and I am the bright and the morning star. This was no ordinary star. But these men saw him. Someone said, it's like this time of year, you know, you know, everybody gets religious and everybody wants to figure out about the star. You know, they get they get wrapped up and they, and they you take if men were studying the stars, I want to know about this star of Bethlehem. It's not just any star. He said that these astronomers tried to identify some natural astronomical event that could account for the Bethlehem's. They want to understand it. Till God opened your eyes, you'll never understand. But you know what? Those men understood. God doesn't bypass a man's intellect. They under they under they understood. They understood what a lot of people don't. And they must act upon the light that God gives them. Men, a lot of people call them wise men. And listen, wise men do still see Christ. These men showed some wisdom that when they saw the star, they didn't just brush it off. They didn't just say, this doesn't really matter. It don't make, a, it don't make any difference. No, they were wise enough to say, we're going to go find out what that's about. And we're not going to go empty-handed. You know what they went for? They went not only to see a king, they went to worship a king. They met a king named Herod. They did not fall down and worship him because they knew he's not the king they come to look for. But they brought gifts on purpose because they said, we're going to see him. That's a wise man. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let me tell you, if you do not act on the light God gives you, don't expect him to give you any more light. They walk in the dark for miles. We don't know how far it was. For miles. Where's Jerusalem? Well, we know where Jerusalem's at. We, we can find Jerusalem. Well, that's where we're going. Get up every day, travel. Where are you going? Somebody asks you, we're going to Jerusalem. Why are you going to Jerusalem for? We're going to go see a king. I ain't heard of no king being born. He's one born. 
Matthew Henry said, by the first appearance of the star, they were given to understand where they might inquire of this king. And when it disappeared, they were left to take the usual methods for such an inquiry. He made a note. He said, extraordinary helps are not to be expected where ordinary means are to be had. Don't expect a miracle. Don't expect him to give you a star when he's giving you ordinary means. Ordinary means. He said, how can I find the Lord? Well, everybody could find them. Everybody could buy them a Bible, couldn't they? They're pretty cheap now. You can get them online. You can download them. Anybody could get a Bible. When if you've got any reasoning at all and you've, been, you've taught how to read, you could read it or you could find somebody on the internet that would read it to you, right? That's ordinary means that God has given men to understand what? Who Christ is, who this king is. And these men, how they know, who is this king? Well, somebody somewhere must have planted a seed. Extraordinary helps are not to be expected where ordinary means are to be had. Okay, they saw the star. And what did they do? They acted on what God gave them. We're not going to sit around on our hands. We're not going to study how far off the star is. We're not going to try to study how old the star is compared to other stars. We're not doing that. We're not wasting our time. We're going to go to see the one that that's his star. That's their objective, and that's what they did. They come looking for a king. When they come, Herod the king is reigning. Like I said, he's reigned for 35 years. Now, this is what they thought. Now, you imagine, they're, they're, they have a, and it's like us, we have a lot of wrong thoughts too. They think we're going to find him in Jerusalem. Well, that's naturally where you would think you would find him. You know why it becomes Jerusalem? Because David conquered it. David took it over because before it was ruled by the Jebusites. And he took it over, and that's where he set up his throne, was in Jerusalem, the city of peace. He's the prince of peace. Well, we go to Jerusalem. We're here, and I could see them. They didn't just, they woke up. What are you supposed to do? Well, they see somebody. said, we're looking for the king of the Jews. Well, you talking about Herod? No, we're not talking about him. We're, we're talking about one that was born recently. That was born king of Jews. We don't have any clue what you're talking about. And they went around. We don't know how long they went around asking. They're asking for information. We need some. How are we going to find him? Well, we think maybe we'll find him here. And all they find is Herod. False religion. A man setting himself up as king. And has everybody under his thumb because they live in fear. Because it said when Herod heard they were looking for a king, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. We can't upset the king. We can't upset Herod. We can't, we can't upset religion because they'll get mad. Because when you start talking about another king, other people get real uncomfortable. 
They didn't mind. As long as heard everything was okay. We just we'll, we'll we'll just submit to him. But when he heard, he was troubled, and rightfully so. And everybody in the city were troubled also. Why were they troubled? A king has been born. The king has been born. And you know what they said? There's no doubt here. They said, where is he? Where is he? Verse 2, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we've come all this way. We came here to worship him. Where is he at? Ask the question, where in the world is the gospel preached? Where is he at? That's what they're asking. Where is he at? We come to see him. We've heard of him. Like Job did of the hearing of the ear. I want to see him. I want to see him. What did they, can you imagine? If you was in their shoes, what would you hope to find? What would you expect to see? Would you expect to say, well, we'll take you and show you the king. He's in the palace. You need to come see him. That would have been in our some of our thoughts. We'd have thought, well, that's surely how he'll be. It's nothing like that. He's not even in Jerusalem. And it's kind of ironic he's still in Bethlehem. Why ain't they done left Bethlehem? They don't live in Bethlehem. They do now for a while. They live in Nazareth. Isn't that odd? As soon as Joseph could, he would have got her out of that stable or what it was, and he would have found a place where they could live. And they're still, they're living in a house, probably a modest house. They don't know it yet, but they, what do they expect to find? Our Lord said, when you went out to hear John the Baptist, what did you expect to see? Man in shows, soft raiments. When, when they come, what, what did they expect to see? What did they expect to see? I don't know what they hoped to find, but what they found was a wicked, vile king. Herod was threatened by the news that there was another king. You remember someone else in the Old Testament that was threatened? King Saul was threatened by David. Can I tell you a little secret? Religion is threatened by the Son of God, and rightfully so. Because he's king. It disturbs them. It disturbs them. Oh, Jerusalem was disturbed. <laughs> you know, one reason Herod would have been upset. Oh, you come to see the king. You had to be talking about me. Surely you had to come to see me. I'd say these men were pretty impressive. I'd say if they were riding camels, I'd say they had the most elaborate saddle and gold and different things. These men were somebody. 
And Herod thinks he's somebody, and he thinks these men that are somebody, they just ought to worship him. And they're not interested in worshiping him. I think it's hilarious. (laughs) He expects it. I can see Herod say, I'm the only king in these parts. But he knew that Christ, now do you think about this, he knew that Christ was prophesied to be born. He had to know it because he, he said, where's the Christ to be born? He had to have known it in his head. But I can see him say, the long, I could see him probably think, well, the longer I reign, that was just an old story. I'm king. I've been here 35 years. There's, I, I have no, I'm not coming up for election anytime soon. I don't have anything to worry about. I'm king. So Herod, he did have enough sense to call who? The chief priest and the scribes and the Pharisees who studied the word of God, and they said, they had enough sense to know that. Can you tell us from this book where he's supposed to be born? And they said, yes, we can. They probably didn't even have to go look it up. He's to be born in Bethlehem. Which was just seven miles away. That would be like, or nine miles or whatever. It would be like just a little bit farther from here to Ripley. And you won't go down there to see him. You won't even go check. You know why? Like most people, they just don't care. Just don't care. Bethlehem, the house of bread. The house of David. He'll sit upon the throne of David. These self-righteous men, they knew the scriptures. These men stand today and they know the scriptures in their head, but they don't know the Christ of the scriptures. It's not just knowing about Christ. Listen, it's not just knowing about him but it's going to him and bowing to him and worshiping him. Their knowledge was right, but their knowledge didn't save them. And you know, even what Herod, and here's how men do, he pretended under the cloak of religion, well, you go go search diligently, and when you find him, I'd like to come worship him too. Well, why didn't he just go with them? He didn't, that ain't his intention. But he's hiding it under religion, said, I want to come worship him. No, he does not. We find out later when he was mocked of the, the wise men or the magi, he said, you go down there and you kill every child two years old and under. Can you imagine the horror? They come knock on the door and they said, we've come to get your child. Why? King's orders. They're trying to kill him. Like Jeff read the other day about if there had been one hiccup in the, in the, in the lineage, Christ would have not been born. Well, how's God going to preserve his son? His angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister unto him who are the heirs of salvation. He sends him to Egypt. But Herod meant to, he didn't mean to worship him. He meant to kill him. 
and men pretend to love Christ and love the gospel and love salvation and love righteousness. But when it gets down to it, if they could, they'd jerk the one that was born off the throne. And as soon as they leave, in America, in amazing, in a miracle, they don't find him in Jerusalem. They know he's in Bethlehem, but you know, you think you, they still have questions. How are we going to find him? They told us where, but they didn't tell us which house. They didn't tell us, is he, a lot of things they didn't tell us. But the same star they saw, and they saw it right, perfect timing when they needed it. I could see them. They're still a little discouraged. How am I going to find him? And said their hearts, they they rejoice. Looky, there he is. Listen, I borrowed this from someone that blessed my heart. They said the star is a great illustration of the gospel of Christ. Like the star, the gospel is a light in a dark world. Men love the darkness of false religion, but the gospel shines a light into the darkness and points men to the truth. Like the star of old, the gospel only appeared intermediately. It was not shining all the time. Walk in the light while you have the light. God does not send his gospel everywhere. Nor is it found in any location all the time. There are millions who live and die never having seen the star at all. And those who do see it don't see it with equal clarity at all times. It's our responsibility to follow the gospel when it appears appears in whatever direction it leads us. Like the Magi star, the gospel goes in a different direction from all other religions. All other religions follow the path of human works and righteousness, but they're all based on what we do. The gospel is entirely wrapped up in Christ and who he is and what he's done. Someone said, like the star of the the Magi, they had to lower their gaze to see it. Oh, there it is. I mean, you can, we can't imagine. It was, it was just slow enough, hovering low enough, and they're following it. And it stops. And they didn't go farther. It led them, and that's the gospel, that brings you to him. Followed it, and it stopped right over the house where he was at. The gospel is the very wisdom of God, yet it takes very little intellect to perceive it. It takes the wisdom of God. And a lot of times human intellect is often a hindrance to his understanding. For the wise of this world, they're looking for something drenched in human wisdom. Men still study the stars, but why? Well, we need to find life out there. I can tell you where life's at. 
It's in him. I guess they think they'll, we'll find a planet somewhere out there we can live on when we destroy this one. Really? Don said he just, like God makes fun of them, he gives them their legs just like little balls and they just kick them around and they just play with them. Really? Really? I mean, they, but that's men's wisdom. Look at the moon. It has no light of its own. Its reflection is from the sun. Without the sun, we die, and the moon turns dark. That's pretty simple. It don't take a genius to know that. <laughs> what I'm saying is but a lot of times intellect, men, they, and we're all guilty of it. We, we look into our own, we're trying to figure it out. You'll never figure it out apart from grace. But the gospel is, here's, this is something, this, this, this is deep. You see the sun, I mean, you see the, the star, you see the gospel, you follow the gospel, and it will lead you directly to him. Not any farther, right there. And they said, buddies, this is it. The gospel and only the gospel moves us to Christ and to worship him. Like the star of the gospel leads us to Christ and it stops where he is. It doesn't move one inch past him. A thousand stars passed over Bethlehem that night. Only one stopped. Countless religions pass over Christ. They make some mention of Christ and then what? They just move on. But the gospel settles over Christ, and it never moves. And they that who follow they, that star, they get to Christ, and they stop. They don't move from Christ. They were over. They were overjoyed with the star, and wanted to see Him. And they came where he was at. And they get off their camels or whatever. And they're not standing there looking at the star. It served its purpose. We're going in the house. Why are you going in the house? We're going to go see him. And they went into the house. And when they saw him and Mary... They fell down and worshipped him. They did not fall down and worship Mary. They see just a child, mostly. He may have been two years old. Simeon seen one little baby eight days old. He knew he was the Christ. None of those things have nothing to do with it. It's when you see him, he's the Christ. The thief on the cross saw a bloody, gory mess. And he said, when you come into your kingdom, he saw him as a king. And they saw him as a king. When they saw him, they didn't see a baby in a manger. And if you followed the star, and when you come to where he is and you see him, here's the natural response of every sinner when they see him. They will fall down and you will worship him. They saw a king.
They didn't worship Herod. He was not the one they were looking for. Then they opened. They came to worship him. They didn't just come to give homage to him. We got, we got some presents here. We, we, we brought some things we, we thought y'all may need. And the first one they gave was, was gold. How's this poor family going to survive? How's this poor family going to make the trip to Egypt? Be like you said, well, I'm, I'm going to go. We're going to maybe, Lord willing, go to North Carolina this weekend. But well, we've got to have a little money to go. I mean, we've got to buy gas. And it, thank goodness it's a lot cheaper than it once was. But we, you know, used to it, one trip was over $100. I mean, so you can imagine these men, they go, or Mary and Joseph, how are they going to live? How are they going to have groceries? How are they going to feed? How are they going to live? How are they, how are they going to do all these things? Well, <laughs> I tell you, God brought them some gold <laughs> for men. They said, here. They opened their treasures. Someone said this was not curiosity just gratified. It was devotion exercised. Faith without works is dead. They'd come all this way to worship the king and bring their gifts to him. They brought prepared gifts. They were prepared to come. God give us grace to be prepared to come to worship him. Offering the sacrifice of praise. We we didn't come to just admire a doctrine. We We didn't come to hear. We come to worship him. We come to worship him. Said they brought gold as a king, frankincense as God, they honored him as God, and in myrrh as a man that would one day die because myrrh was used in the embalming of dead bodies. Whatever the meaning of the gifts, they were given to him. And I, when I always think about giving, I think about he that was rich became poor, that you that for your sakes you might be made rich. And you know what David said? A man was going to give him the offering one day, and he's going to give him the altar and going to give him all these things. David said, I will not give to God that which costs me nothing. Nothing. Whatever the meaning of the gifts that were given to him, who is worthy of all the praise and worship. And after they'd worshipped and given the gifts, and they may have sat around and talked for a while. They may have asked Murray about the conception. They may, they may have. I would have. I got some questions. <laughs> and she may have told them. When Herod told them, said, now when you found him, now they found him. They said, I want you to come back by and tell me. But being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed in their own country another way. 
And someone says, when you come to Christ, you will go home a different way. You're done with religion. I have nothing to do with Herod. He's a jerk. He's a fake. He's a phony. And we don't believe him. God warned us of him. And listen, better take heed of God's warnings. Take heed of the Herods of this world who are only after themselves. They didn't go back to Herod. They were done with him. And oh, what a story they could tell. They get home and maybe they're married and they come in and after the long trip and he says, honey, I got some news to tell you. You ain't going to believe this. You would never get over. And listen, when God took them back, he took the gospel with him. Now, when the world was under one government, one government, it went all, it's all under Roman government. Why is it now? Why is it now, this time, that time, under Roman government? Here's why. So the gospel can, the road is made. God has made the way in such a way that the gospel can be taken to all the world. You ever think why we live in a day like we do? Why do we live in such a day as this? Maybe God's brought us here for such a time as this to take the gospel into the whole world. We know who he is. I hope it's not just in our head, but in our heart. This is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rules and reigns over all things. And whoever's on the throne, where it's Herod or whoever it is, they're just God's puppet. And when he's done with them, he's done with them. You imagine living under the reign of Herod for 35 years. And there's nothing you can do about it. He ain't coming up for vote. You learn to deal with it. Murray and Joseph had to deal with what was going on in that day, and they dealt with it. How? Same way you have to deal with it, by grace. But I'm thankful he still sends us stars that lead us to him. Amen.